Welcome to the third series of my podcast, Beyond the Water Cooler. I'm Lisa. As a psychologist, psychotherapist, and a business owner of It's Time for Change, I'm lucky enough to get involved with so many different aspects of employee engagement and experience. Whether that's about leadership style, mental health, the metaverse, attention and recruitment, after action reviews, or so much more, there is something on this podcast for everyone. My mantra is simple, get people right, get business right. You'll get to hear from some really interesting people who have stories, insights, and strategies to share about what it takes to be a great company with inspiring leadership, an awesome culture, and a wow workforce. So let's dive in. So the last time I was with my guests today was at the Thames Valley Chamber of Commerce Business Awards earlier this year, when I was lucky enough to be sharing their table. I made runner-up for the most promising new business award, but my guests were winners in their category for Employer of the Year. And so it seems only right to unpick their success. So welcome Danny Rush, COO, and Lauren Sweeney, Head of People at Virgin Incentives. Thanks for having us. So since that um, night in June, which feels like a million miles um, ago, um, you've gone on to scoop up a number of nominations and awards um, and you've been recognised along with Jess Hankers, your head of sales for both the UK and the US, as the number one emerging company to watch in the US by CIO Bulletin, which is amazing. And with such high acclaim, this conversation is a must um, to help other companies learn from what you're clearly doing right. So I'd love to start by hearing a bit more about your roles and how they play a part in the success of the company. So my role as head of people, I joined the business about three years ago in the heady days of 2019, before all the chaos. Um, and since then, we've been on a real journey kind of as a business and lots of kind of personal growth as well for me uh, we've really moved the business to a place that we think is a more befitting of um, the virgin brand the virgin family but also a really high performing successful business with a highly engaged team um, and just for a bit of context there I guess when we Danny and I first joined the business back in 2019 and run our initial kind of engagement survey to see kind of the lay of the land, we received a score of about 54%. Um, we have now more recently, and within that kind of just under three-year period, actually, uh, achieved our highest score of 79%. So we've been on a huge journey, and we're super proud of everything we've uh, managed to achieve with the, um, with the amazing team here. Brilliant. Danny. So I'm Danny, COO. I also joined the business in 2019, which feels like a very long time ago now before the chaos of COVID. Um, and I had, I've had a career that spanned a number of different industries actually, but always businesses that are going through change, um, you know, high performance change, cultural change, um, but always businesses that actually really think that kind of people and team are at the core of that, of the change and the success. And Virgin Experience Days, which is the consumer part of our business, Virgin Incentives, the B2B arm, um, is no different from that. So when Laura and I joined, we had a, a huge opportunity, which we definitely grabbed hold of to 
drive some change through the business to not only grow our kind of performance metrics um, but also to kind of drive the cultural change and the engagement through the business and actually we're seeing the results of some of those now in the awards that we're being nominated for but in the internal feedback that we're getting from the team so that, that that my role is really core to that making sure that the business continues to grow continues to do well continue to look after its customers partners and team um yeah and continues to do kind of as it has for the last few years and you know most of that's been around embracing change I've got to be honest it's definitely been an <laughs> exciting time but yeah a, a really good one and a really good business that we're proud of and it'll be really interesting I want to pick up on that embracing change um in a little while because I know that that's something that you talk about that's that comes across um in in what you're about and what you do um but first of all I want to just unpick a little bit more about the sense of recognition and being valued um which is a really important part of employee experience and, and that's what this podcast is all about um now I have an admission to make um that I've always kind of shied away from recognition as being about gifts and so on and um it's a bit like that sort of uh kind of gym membership or bowl of fruit um, scenario that's received a bit of backlash over recent years and I've been part of that movement which has been about shifting companies focus away from those kinds of gifts or uh, what can be perceived as bolt-ons to look much more at employees day-to-day experience and that's much more for me around um, work culture and leadership and so on and then so when I heard about sort of you know rewards and incentives actually I think I'm not really sure how that fits with culture and leadership but that being said Virgin Incentives has um, also won Inspirational Place to Work Award the Incentive Awards events 2022 and you're nominated for Inspirational Place to Work with IMA Incentive Awards so you're obviously achieving huge amounts of success for your employees um, and I'm guessing that actually has to be more than um, I say just gifts or just incentives, but actually much more around your culture. So tell us a bit more about, about that, about sort of the big picture stuff that you're doing. So I think that actually our culture is linked to our product. So we believe the best things in life for gifts aren't actually things, that they are experiences, they're memories, they give you stories to tell. And that is what our product is. So although it's something that you would give to somebody from an incentive point of view or a consumer, you know, gift at Christmas or for someone's birthday, it is about enjoying time with other people, spending time together, creating memories. And actually, that's how we feel about coming to work. So some of the customer feedback that we get around the things they enjoy about our products, actually, we can take some really good tips from that and play it back into how we treat our people, you know, inside our business, how we arrange things for us to do together, how we collaborate, how we celebrate together, etc. is all part of having an extraordinary experience. Um, I think the other thing I would say is that there is no, in my view, not one incentive fits everybody. So, and our product is not one size fits all. There are some of our partners who, um, who, who do enjoy, let's say, giving hampers for Christmas. And there are some partners that enjoy doing a cocktail making experience together, which is something they can take pictures of and you know learn a new skill. So our, our product helps us be able to serve customers in that way. And therefore, it helps us be able to treat our team in that way also. Mm. I don't, I, I think we also believe, and Lauren can kind of add to this, that actually, whether it's salary, bonus, benefits, gifts, 
all of those things are, are, are additional benefits, but actually the main core is how you feel about your, the place that you work, how you feel about the people around you, you know, how you feel about the person you work for. Do they care about you? Do they listen to you? Like those are definitely the most important things. But I think there's also, um, there is also a part for gifts such incentives to play a part in the benefits that you get from the place that you work or the enjoyment that you get with the people that you just spend time with the people you work with. I don't know if you've got anything to add, Lauren. Yeah, I mean, I think for us, I would absolutely echo everything Danny said. I think for us, it's also about just understanding our team you know not just us we would definitely employ other people to do the same thing understanding what motivates our team what motivates them as individuals how they want to be recognized our team love our product we love our product and we really think that spending that time together you know one of our key values is better together um, and we really think that pushes us forward as a team um now definitely working in a hybrid environment everybody i'm sure has experienced the same challenges how do we keep that togetherness that has been really core to our success um and there are multiple ways that we do that we are you know we definitely make time for play in the office so we are always encouraging people to um spend time together kind of cross departmentally actually build friendship groups i'm sure you've seen in some of the gallup surveys that one of the core questions is do you have a best friend at work and it's definitely something that we try to help people kind of explore and engage in our team are really really high performing they work super hard we give them huge amounts of autonomy to grow to create um, we make sure that we create a culture of um, psychological safety so they and that's on us to, to make sure all of those hygiene factors are taken care of and then we see, we absolutely celebrate their successes um, through our own product we make sure that our people get out and celebrate um, and experience our experiences um, and also just spending time together in the office or digitally we you know are much like everyone else trying to explore best ways of doing that um, in a hybrid world so yeah i'd agree with danny i think the two are are very much linked for us yeah, because it's always interesting, isn't it, when you talk about um, you know creating an extraordinary experience for employees, and it's always interesting to try and drill down into that in terms of what that means and how people actually achieve that. And it's really nice hearing hearing your example about getting people from different teams, different departments coming together. Do you do that? Is that something that they have time for during the day? Is that something that you? Um, create specific opportunities for that or you just give people the sense of autonomy to go and create those connections themselves how does that look I think so both of them we, we do both actually so there are um, twice a year we have uh, we kind of an off-site all hands where the whole business will spend time together and we'll do a strategy update it will be led by the kind of leadership group and then we'll create time in the day for people to come with new ideas, new projects, new ways of working and those will be cross-functional. So they're um, a bit more like organised fun. <laughs> and then there are a number of projects that are run across the business. So they're, whichever department has an initiative that they're, they are running, we always make sure that there's somebody that represents each individual team to make sure their voice is heard, they know what's going on, the communication can come back to the, to the business. So there's some organised uh, kind of collaboration and there, there is some kind of free-for, if you like, uh, collaboration. So one of those is we've, we've got a good vibe tribe um, and that's our engagement committee and there's a representation from all of the business actually. And people choose to sign up to it. We've got some people 
a few more from some teams than others, but representation across the business. And as a team, they collectively um, suggest and plan our full year engagement calendar for the UK and for the US. Um, and that's something that actually we've kind of worked quite hard on has maybe come to fruition a bit more in the last few months. But actually, we've seen there's some really good collaboration of some actually very senior members of the team, very junior members of the team, sharing ideas and planning stuff together, which has been great. Um, we also, as each head of department has, um, when they're building their action plans from their from their survey, so we do a survey, an annual survey every year, and then we do pulse surveys every three months. On the back of that, the team build action plans. And one of the key kind of central points of focus has been collaboration. And when we kind of got that score of 54 a number of years ago, collaboration was one of the lowest scoring metrics. The business previously maybe worked in isolation, like lots of businesses were all working. Each team kind of got on and did their own thing, but wasn't really aware of what else was going on. So that's something that actively at all levels is, you know, is worked on right down to the, the kind of point of when we brought the US business, everybody in the US business had buddy in the U in the UK. So they had somebody on a one-to-one -one level in their in their own team that did the same job to be able to talk to and collaborate. We also have a very flat uh, kind of hierarchy in our business, if you like. There, there are no offices, you know, we all sit on the floor together. It's a very open door policy. There are lots of chats at the coffee machine. Everybody knows everybody. There, we really encourage kind of open door and lots of opinions. Um, but from everybody, kind of no idea is a bad idea. And we, we, we make sure people feel comfortable enough to, to talk up. And I think... If I think back to some of the awards we've won or nominations we've had, that's actually been key, like really listening to people and not just saying that they have a voice, but actually letting them see that their ideas have you know, been delivered in the business or that people are aware of them, et cetera, has been something that has really helped us be successful. It sounds like you have um, everyone's on board with it. And so how when you're recruiting new people and you're bringing people in, how do you get them on board with that whole approach? Because actually what you're talking about is, you know, some of those challenges in terms of different teams working in isolation, you've actually connected people really well. Um, to be able to overcome some of those challenges, we need to have everyone on board and really believing in that, flattening the hierarchy, not having your own little office and, and so on. I'm, I'm curious to know how you can get people on board. If you if you make it very clear at the outset that that's how you work there, or if you're just very good at recruiting the right people who will naturally just fit into that sort of that sort of model. Yeah, so I think definitely we've got better at recruiting or, or being more open around our culture at the point of recruitment. Mm. And we, Lauren and I, um, talk to most people through the interview process or for onboarding, either one of us will have this conversation where we talk about how proud we are of our culture, but we explain quite clearly what it means. So if you are somebody that can embrace change, that you know likes to get exposure to great things, be involved in different projects, learn new stuff, likes high energy, likes a place to work that is very open, you will love working at VD, VG or Virgin Incentive. You will thrive there and it will be a place that, like no other, that you've worked. 
But actually, if you need lots of framework and if you need lots of governance around what you're doing or you need a very firm description of, you know, this is exactly what you'll do every day, it will be tougher for you because actually our culture is about embracing change, you know, driving innovation, being open, you know, finding people that are finding a place for everybody and helping them really deliver on that. But it isn't for everybody. And I think we've, we've seen that actually over the last few years, we've seen that there are some people that struggle with that. And we've done our best to try and work a way where we don't force people who are uncomfortable with it to be part of it. But actually we are clear that we want everybody to collaborate and be involved. So just sitting in isolation and, you know, like never coming to the office, for instance, from a remote working point of view, you're probably not going to feel very connected and therefore will it be the best place for you to work? Maybe not. And we've had to look quite hard at, our, at ourselves and kind of, you know, be honest with ourselves that we believe our business is better when we are, when we collaborate, when we spend time together, when we create an energy that feels very extraordinary. And if we can't do that with people, it becomes quite hard work. And that is what is special about our business. But you're right, it's not for everybody. But it's a really good, um, it's a really good recognition that's not for everybody. And actually cutting, you know, some people just are too almost too open, just wanting everyone and anyone rather than getting the right fit. And if you've got people working remotely who want to be in the office, they want to be with people, they want, they love that, that feeling, that energy that you get from connecting, collaborating, then you've already got over that hurdle that so many companies are experiencing right now about how do we get people to come back together because they just don't see the point of coming back together because they don't have that that level of energy. Lauren, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say we also, and I'll come back to that point as well because I I do think that's interesting and that's been a journey for us as well. Um, But the other key thing that we'll do at recruitment stage is we will always bring their... Um, would be their peers um, and their kind of teammates into the interview process so we don't keep this at you know just super high level exec SLT we definitely want to understand a bit more about them we want them to relax and talk to people that they potentially will be working with and we want feedback from our team on okay I really think this person is the right fit could thrive here could you know help you know support us in that kind of diversity of thought and help us grow so we are a firm believer in engaging um engaging our teams in the interview process from, you know from both sides as well we want the person on the other side of the table to really be excited about what we do here we think it's we obviously think it's incredible and we want them to believe in it and really want to join us and we want our team to feel comfortable that again you know we're listening to them we want them to have that you know the right teammate we want them to have an input on what our team looks like so I think that's a really important um stage in our in our process as well um but I guess on the remote working piece we you know it's definitely been a challenge we've we've experienced the same challenges probably that every other business had and I think we are now in a really really good place because we've invested time in reminding people why they enjoy being together and they do enjoy being together here and we um facilitate um uh, times for them to spend time together we are as Danny mentioned with our good vibe tribe we invest a lot of time and energy in doing that and it was a journey it was a slow burner you know people have been in lockdown for a while um they'd gotten into kind of a different rhythm in their day and they perhaps lost some of that um energy or that you know just needed reminding about 
how great a time they have been together, how much more energy um, and great conversations that generates. Mm. So um, we we just kept at it. We kept giving them reasons to come in and opportunities to connect. Um, and now actually we, yeah, our office, our energy is back um, and we're enjoying all of the benefits that come from that. So, And I love the fact that you both talked about kind of connection and energy and innovation and so on it's that kind of you know you can almost sense that real buzz that comes from you both about what it must be like to, to work um, in your company and I think it's always interesting isn't it? because lots of companies aspire to have that but they push their employees so hard that um, emotional arousal is really high stress levels are really high or people's anxiety or you know just people are feeling overwhelmed with life in general or just a particular workload or the stuff gets in the way so how do you um how do you look out for the stuff that might get in the way of that level of energy and people's ability to connect and collaborate because we know that innovation and um the kind of social emotional stuff that we need to do is the bit that kind of gets parked either consciously or just drops off the side because when we're under pressure to perform or we've got a you know heavy workload we just sit and kind of plow on head down and just think we've got to keep going keep going until we get it done so how do you look out for that and make sure that people don't end up falling into that potential trap particularly if they've come from other companies where that has been the norm absolutely i think uh, so first and foremost we we absolutely try to, or not, not try, actually, we are successful in having a, a, an environment that's built on trust. So um, we have really great opportunities to communicate with our team. We make sure that our line managers um, and senior leadership group do the same. We we would very much hope that we nobody would fall down along the way and they wouldn't be having conversations around that. We build a support network around people. Um, and Danny and I, one of our kind of big things is encouraging and supporting our leadership teams to be able to have those conversations and those opportunities to stop, check in with their team, um, understand what's happening for them and truly support them through those times because we do have... Uh, times of year now being one of them our peak trading period that can be really stressful so that that element of trust and really really great honest communication is um you know is incremental to us surviving that period like how can we support one another um but also we really put a huge onus on those um opportunities to connect so in the all hands that we have every week, our CEO Richard will stand up and he'll talk about actually as, as part of his trading update, um, he'll he'll then talk about our um, engagement initiatives that we've had the week prior and what we've got coming up. And he will encourage people to down tools and enjoy that time together, um, actually stop. Um, and, you know, we also like to reflect on the work that we've done, how we do it better, how we become more efficient and innovate so that we can remove some of those blockers from people. Um, so that certainly recently and, and moving forward will be a big part of our kind of um, our, our project and, and program management. 
I think just to add to that, I think we've um, so more recently we've invested in quite a big uh, leadership training program for kind of 15 people that are in our uh, wider leadership groups, all of our head of departments. Um, we partnered with EY Lane 4, who did a great job. And actually the focus there was on things like social connection, building trust, understanding beyond the KPIs that teams deliver. Um, and that was really helpful because actually we had a, across the leadership team we've got different levels of expertise in terms of leading teams so that was really good and I think we have some of the kind of more basic rhythms in place also where we make sure that you know everybody has spoken to someone in the business at least once a week like people even if they're working at home don't we don't allow them to sit at home for a whole week and not have joined any meetings and you know some of the other things and remote working has definitely made this more challenging for us because we don't see people face to face and uh, you will know yourself that when you see somebody, you know if something is up or not. And if you can't, it's very difficult. So things like we ask people to always have their cameras on or, you know, if they haven't been into the office or maybe they've kind of, you know, may said, oh, I'm not coming in today because I've got X, Y and Z or and that's happened for a couple of weeks. Somebody will meet them for a coffee. And those are kind of part of our regular rhythms now to check with anyone that's leading a team. Like, have you spoken to anybody? Like everybody, have you seen their face on camera? Or have they been in in the last X amount of time? Um, because it definitely is more challenging when people are are remote and, and you can't feel their energy, which is what we relied on so much previously, just your kind of human nature of, you know, someone being in front of you. Um, we, de- we have had, through COVID, we had some challenges. So we had some people in our team that maybe that really struggled actually with being at home they didn't have a great work environment um particularly when there was a, a period of time when the office was obviously completely shut and actually as an as an exec team you know lauren helped us with this we talked about how we could share our own experiences so i personally really struggled in lockdown like being at home five days a week with no one else around me to create the energy i needed to do my job actually felt really hard and Richard, our CEO, felt the same. So we decided to kind of share the way we felt on a quite personal level with some of the team that was struggling to help them understand, like, it's okay, it's tough, but, like, talk to us about it. And we've tried to continue that kind of, you know, as we've come out of COVID, now going into cost of living, like, we, we make sure we connect with people on a bit more of a personal level as opposed to this kind of very corporate, you just work here partnership. You're describing... Um... I can see why you got your awards. You're describing a really great culture, um, which is about leadership modeling and um, showing a vulnerability and, and so on as well. And I think it's a really interesting challenge that lots of companies face in terms of wanting to do the right thing for their employees and saying, right, we want to recognize and we want to reward them. Um, and a I guess part of my anxieties around some companies will just say, well, actually, what we should do is just get um, something that's about a tangible reward. So if we just get that in, we can kind of tick the box. Everyone knows they're valued and everyone knows that we've um, recognised all their hard work because we've given them something that is tangible, even if that's about um, an experience. But it's like, we'll go off and do this and then, um, you know, we care. Whereas actually what you're describing is so much more than that. So what would be your advice or what have you learned in terms of, I guess it's that key messaging for other organisations who are perhaps in that um, 
that place of thinking we need to do more for our employees um what's the simplest way of doing it because actually everyone wants a simple answer the quickest uh, the quickest and simplest thing what be your advice to them in terms of the distinction between the sort of tangible rewards and recognition um and the less tangible and getting that balance right and actually is is it an important distinction to make yeah so i think um I don't, I don't think it is simple. I think it's actually really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, but, and I think there's a balance between kind of whatever the tangible incentive slash benefit might be. And that I think they mostly, they become hygiene factors actually, and they're expected to be delivered. It doesn't make you a really fabulous place to work or an employer of choice just because you have good benefits or uh, incentives but I think if you can create benefits and incentives that are engaging that you can share with other people and they create memories for you they're definitely better than ones that don't so that would be my view on that um, I think my biggest tip on creating a culture is if you are a person that can influence influence change in a business culture think really hard about the things that really matter to you on your journey because if you are that person you've been on a journey you've, you've kind of developed your career over time and think about the things that made you feel good want to learn more love the place that you work respect the person you're working for you know learn from the colleagues around you and write those down and then speak to people in your business about what's important to them and actually from those two things you'll be able to design a scheme or think about you know run initiatives or lead in a certain way that you know will be really impactful like it is just about being a normal human being and understanding how people feel emotionally about the place that they work and actually wanting and really wanting people to do good succeed feel happy because you know what once you see the impact that that can have and I'm lucky I've worked for people and for businesses that really believed in this, which is why I'm so passionate about it now. And it, the personal impact that had on me was far more than getting a pay rise, getting a promotion, going on a course, far more than any of those things with watching people around me really be inspiring, change the culture of the business and make people believe that they belonged and it was a place that was worth being. So, And I think you can, that is about understanding people and understanding what the drivers are. Yeah, I I, I don't hear that exactly. I think one of the biggest things that I would always say to people is really, really understand your people and properly understand them. You know, not just conversations about the weather and what they did at the weekend and what they're having for dinner. Um, By all means, do that too. But what motivates them? What really, you know, what's brought them here? What really kind of gets them through those tough days? And from having those conversations, you will engage on a far deeper level. You will truly understand the drivers for your team and therefore you can implement all of this wonderful stuff around it you know um you can implement a fantastic benefits and rewards um, and recognition scheme but don't do that without having those conversations first because it's it'll be a huge investment that potentially will not land if you haven't got the right culture Mm. yeah it's that rings so true and i think um you know a lot of what you're talking about um is around the kind of extrinsic extrinsic intrinsic motivation and actually the difference when you've got people who genuinely want to come to work so enjoy what they do and they get fulfillment they feel rewarded just from the the role they have and the people they work with 
that makes your life so much easier and then everything else is a is almost a bonus rather than people coming just because they want that um you know too many people go to work because they want their um their bonus at the end of the year that's what keeps them going rather than actually enjoying the journey to that point and I think it's such a key difference that a lot of companies um miss do you make a distinction between what you do for your employees in terms of um the more tangible rewards uh, kind of recognition and what you do for the messaging or what you do for your clients because actually you're in quite you have you're a quite unique company in terms of you know your focus is about um experiences and rewards and so on for for your clients but actually that's something you're also passionate about for your own people so do you make a distinction or do you um have a set of values that drives you know how you do things which is consistent within your company and also for your clients uh, yes, so we are definitely, and part of the cultural change we've been on is around kind of moving to a purpose-led business, which actually is very virgin. So all of the virgin uh, businesses in in, any, in all countries actually are led by purpose. And uh, alongside that is a set of values. And we work really hard in our, within our business to help everybody understand what part of the journey they deliver or what part of delivering an extraordinary experience you know they actually play whether you work in customer service or a product team or a b2b so that is definitely something internally we live and breathe and actually we help our customers and our partners um understand what that means for them but we so we we definitely use our own experiences so the experiences is version incentives that we provide for our clients we do everybody uh, gets a gift card every year inside our business to be able to use an experience of their choice we do experiences as individual teams so at Christmas for instance every each team will go for a meal and then they'll go and do an experience and they'll come back to the business and share what was kind of fab about that and you know what they learned what they the fun things about it how we should talk to customers about it and maybe what we could do better is actually particularly from a version incentive point of view for our clients is to talk more about this um more about our culture instead of just going into actually how can we provide you this benefits slash incentives program actually maybe we could talk more around these are the other things you know just free advice even these are the other things that we do inside our business that actually really support giving gifts or experience or you know experiences or benefits etc and these are some of the benefits that we see um that is definitely on our kind of our list for the future and something we can improve on but we we believe that we definitely believe that experiences or creating memories are definitely better benefits than giving cash um even in really hard times and I know that like lots of people have challenged me on that ton of times but because sometimes it's cash that people need, but you know, in times that are that are really tough, in times where there isn't very much to look forward to, actually being able to spend time with people and create a story to tell somebody else can be way more meaningful to you than cash that uh, might get swallowed up quite quickly. I couldn't agree more on that, Danny, and I'm glad you've been controversial and said that because um, because actually cash will disappear it always disappears um there's never going to be enough of it it's always that kind of concept like time <laughs> and there's never enough so actually replacing that with something that will last forever those experiences those memories those stories um is so much more meaningful um and you know we we can tell that from again there's, there's the research around 
Porto employees look for in their roles and is about feeling rewarded. And you've, you've said that yourself, Danny, from your experience, it's about feeling fulfilled and having a really positive day-to-day experience more than having a pay rise. So although people say they're motivated by money and, you know, particularly as we, um, you know, come into harder times, people are going to be more kind of conscious of, of maximising their income. But actually, there is still so much more that people are looking for um, because you can have all the money in the world in, in theory. But actually, if you're not enjoying what you're doing and it feels like a slog and you don't connect and you don't have to share that sense of purpose and so on, the day to day just feels it feels dire, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, John, I think COVID helped people realise that much more than previously because mm. actually there was, you know, there was a lot of people that still worked the whole way through COVID, so their income kind of wasn't impacted, but actually they, was, they couldn't go out and do anything or see their family or their friends. or And actually they realised that the time they missed out on or creating those those experiences or memories or times together that are how important they what they was and mm-hmm. and they're just working kind of you know maximum hours every week in this kind of treadmill that you're running on constantly but not actually having any time it, it yeah I think it was a you know big kind of realization for people the, the other thing I think is um this is kind of I suppose back to the conversations that we have with our team around what's important to them is sometimes those conversations are really tough like people will say to us well I, I what I want progression or we'll get some results from the survey and they'll say there's no progression in my team and I'll say what's happened here like we've teams doubled in size like you know 30% of the team have had a promotion what, what, what's going on and actually we then spend a lot of time talking to people but really quite directly and say what does progression mean for you like and people will say well you know I don't know I just want some development and, and actually it's different for everybody and sometimes I'll say do you want a pay rise do you want a job title change do you want to learn something new like they're all very different things like and development means something different to everybody so some of those conversations around getting under the skin and what's important to people are quite tough and you do have to sometimes be very direct and help people feel comfortable with the answer because you know to some people development is a pay rise and actually they just want to do the same job but want to get paid more money and that that would kind of tick their box so so and that's what I suppose this culture of trust that we've built has enabled us to do is to have those more challenging conversations build trust and then build whether it's an incentive plan or a Christmas gifting plan etc around our team but make it make sure it is actually kind of hitting the spot that people are expecting. I think you've hit a nail on the head as well with like that bit about language and nominalizations. You know, we talk about stuff like um, you know, progression, but actually what what does that look like? And we use these terms all the time. And the person who you who starts using that term, the company knows what they think, but every single person will have a slightly different take on that unless that's unpicked. And I don't think enough companies spend enough time unpicking that. And actually sometimes is getting getting rid of some of the terms that we do use that people shudder at or they feel uncomfortable about um and actually just saying it for what it is so describing um as you say what is that people want what it is that people are looking for um and just having these really really frank conversations and you're right that actually sometimes we do need to say this is how it is because um and you've got to get on with it like that um but often if we understand what's getting in the way for someone what they're actually looking for you realise that actually it's not a big deal. Actually, well, I thought they meant this and they only want that. It's really easy to do that. 
Um, and I think there's so much, so much of what people get themselves in stew about is actually stuff that we think is going to be really big or it's going to be really challenging to resolve. And when we unpick it, it's not. And I think it's those kind of that comes back to what you're saying much earlier about the individual conversations, those the quality of those conversations and really knowing each other, knowing what people are after, for managers to be able to say, what is it you need from me? Um, and knowing that that will change week to week, depending on what's going on in that person's life and just keeping that dialogue going. Yeah, yeah, I think it's really important. It's one of the most important things, I think, that you can do to make a difference. I also think that we are our challenge as well as we grow as a business. Um, it's definitely far easier to do in a small business environment. Um, and our challenge will be to sustain this incredible culture that we've built and that really kind of personal experience as we grow um, and that's why as Danny mentioned earlier in, investing in our leadership team so they are true leaders and they understand the value of all this stuff that's made us great um, is you know super important for us as we grow we have grand plans like other businesses you know but I wouldn't want anyone in a large organization to kind of listen to this and think all and good with a smaller team with it you know but we're a multi you know multinational and we, and we can't do that and it, it will definitely be a journey you know ours has been a journey we could get there a bit quicker because it was slightly smaller but as we grow we'll face the same challenges we've just made that start and we've made um some real progress and we just need to carry it forward and help our leaders understand how they do that the importance of their role and i think even in much bigger organizations they can there's always a sense of well it's um it's almost too big to start and actually if you just find the right team who are really up for it um and just say well we'll start there and we'll just take some of you know whoever's listening to this conversation we're having today if they think well actually I can't really influence that in my whole company but I can certainly start doing that within my team and then that team stands out for the right reasons and people want to find out what it's that they're doing because it's clearly working and then it kind of has that ripple effect um and I often think uh back to someone else I had a conversation with a while ago who said well what difference can I make I'm one voice in a company and he is creating tidal waves that alone ripples in his company just because he started having the conversations um so I think there's so much to be said for just finding finding the opportunity if you're really motivated to make a difference is looking for the right opportunity and then building on that absolutely cultures are built up of multiple subcultures within teams you know um so start there start in your team start having some really really great conversations um and it will spread it will you know we, we are we are human beings we all want and are broadly driven by the same things that connection is important so um yeah and to then kind of move those subcultures forward will ultimately lead to your organizational culture being brilliant. I think I think also that you know I've worked in some really big organizations where one particularly where I've seen a kind of cultural tidal wave happen that was led by one person who was absolutely amazing and very resilient and never gave up and tr truly believed in it himself and got people on you know board they became pioneers of an idea that he had that developed into you know something amazing and I think what you've described is you know start with the people that you know you can have an impact and it will it will grow from there because people want to be part of that club hey when they see people coming to work enjoying it loving it 
you know, feeling different to how they how they felt before. Who doesn't want to be part of that? I'm like, why would you not? But my set my other point is around if you are responsible for recruiting, you know, the more senior people in your organization, for me, leading in this way is part of that job. Like it's not optional. If you are responsible for leading small or big teams or you know, responsible for driving growth within a business, particularly if you don't engage your team, if you don't have a culture that people feel they belong to or they want to be part of, actually, it, when you need to take a look at yourself and think about what you can do differently because as senior leaders, we are all responsible for doing that for our team and our employees. Mm-hmm. And you both said throughout this conversation about how we're all human beings we're people at the heart of it and I think if we even keep that as a central kind of guide um to everything we do which we sometimes lose track of um then I think that that goes a, a long way so um Virgin Incentives is sponsoring the Gift Club webinar the 29th of November and we can put the, the link to that in the show notes um and that's looking ahead to 2023 and unpicking the importance of engaging with the social community life events and personal circumstances and I think it's really interesting because um, that requires companies to take a bit more of a sort of personal approach rather than a one-size-fits-all approach perhaps if we're looking at um, life events and personal circumstances how how open do you think companies actually are to that because that's that again takes more time and more effort are people are companies really just looking for a quick fix one-size-fits-all um, and if so, how can you how can you help those those organisations? Yeah, I mean, I think look, look, it's challenging, isn't it? Everyone has their kind of uh, BAU. It's a particularly challenging time right now, and I understand. I completely understand why businesses would implement um, uh, initiatives within their social community that aren't necessarily that they think are the right thing to do, but they ha- haven't necessarily had those conversations. And I think. You know, one of the kind of threads that I think has kind of um, gone throughout this conversation is about the importance of that. And we can't stress enough um, about kind of engaging your people in that process. So, and I think since COVID, um, as Danny mentioned, people are far more open to this. They've actually kind of done a bit of soul searching and realised, okay, what actually makes me want to get up and go to work? And it's about applying that same logic to your team. So I think they're more open to it. I understand it's a challenging time right now and it just takes a bit more time and thought. Um, But those are the conversations that are really gonna kind of drive you forward. Um, I guess, and an example from our side, we've had um, a member of our team who over the past 18 months has had some really personal, uh, really challenging personal circumstances. Um, and has um, been, you know, severely impacted uh, with breast cancer. We kind of throughout the month of October handed the mic to her and just said, you know, um, breast cancer awareness month. What, you know, over to you. What what can we do to support you on this incredibly challenging journey that you've been on? Um, and I'm really pleased to say that she's back in work and 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 thriving. Um, but let's let's 
talk about that experience. Let's really get under the skin of these things and let's give you an opportunity to really talk to your colleagues about it. Um, and the response we saw to that was, you know, over and above any kind of campaign that we've had previously, you know, it really, really struck a chord of people. They know this individual, they've worked with her, they, you know, were desperately kind of following her journey. Um, so sometimes it's really powerful to hand over to your teams and say, we don't have all the answers. What can we do? What's really going to impact our community? You know, um, there are some wonderful organisations doing some wonderful things nationally, but actually locally, you will have far more impact if people really believe it in that. And it comes back to our kind of our purpose, you know, our and your attachment to that. People feel connected to these stories, and therefore they want to get behind them. Hmm. I think some companies definitely from a if I think about our kind of clients or some of the people that might contact us around now to kind of have version incentive support on the on the their incentive program, some people do definitely want to box tick because they're in a panic or they're losing team or they're going in, they know they're going into you know challenging times. So there's kind of a sheep kind of uh, plan or program that they can use to get out there. So some people definitely want to do that, and sometimes they work for some people. Um, we've all seen that in businesses that we've worked in. I think we, particularly in the Thames kind of Valley community and the businesses that are there, we work quite closely with a number of those businesses to interact and, and think, you know, what is going on in particular uh, towns, for instance, that are local to us in the local community? What's going on in particular schools? Are there areas that are you know, particularly struggling that we can we can help with from a charity point of view we partner locally um to make sure we can support uh Thames Valley Hospice actually is who we partner with to make sure we can support um, things that are needed for them at the time and again the same the same for our kind of team directly but I think it, that is a good question it's definitely one that's made me think today I think we could do better in terms of the the what we offer to our clients when people contact us for an incentive package like can I buy experiences for all of my team actually we should say yes you can but here's all the other things we do inside our business that really help people feel engaged um that is definitely one I will take away and talk to Jess about because <laughs> <laughs> when I, I add your I think I'm talking to you about it today I'm thinking you know there's so much more that we do inside our business than let everybody go on experiences um, and how can we share that with other people in addition to providing experiences which we definitely don't want to stop doing <laughs> and in addition to this podcast because that's why I wanted you on you know on this show and having this conversation because it was really clear from having the conversation with you back in June and from just kind of keeping track of what you're you know doing and what you're achieving that actually you're so much more than just those tangible rewards that people can um access you know there's so much more and that's what's clearly been recognized through through the awards um it also fits really well you know having those conversations and getting engaged with your um your local community and looking at what the challenges are so for example in the Thames Valley um, if it's really well with the um, embrace change, which is something that you said right at the start of this conversation is something you're really passionate about. Um, is there anything specific around that kind of embracing change and driving innovation that 
that you're you're really proud of or that you think it's worth um sort of giving some advice to other people about how you're going about that yeah so embrace change actually embrace change is one of the uh one of our values um and it's the latest addition to our values we added it in march 2021 uh, and we acquired a business in 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 the March in the US. Have another experience based business. It's called Cloudline Living. It's now rebranded to Virgin Experience Gifts. And as we um, kind of integrated the two businesses, we wanted to make sure that we shared the same purpose and values, but we didn't want to kind of um, lose the core or the ethos of the business that was there already because it was run in a really great way. The founders are amazing. The team are amazing. Um, and so actually we did a mapping exercise of the values that they had previously versus the values that VD and BI had. And embrace change was a cloud nine value. And it was one that John and Bobby, the founders, had kind of started with. And they'd said to their team, exactly how I've kind of described earlier, this business is going to grow. It's going to grow really fast. It needs to be full of ambitious people that are up for the challenge, that are open, that can communicate well, that like to grab, collaborate, and that will really embrace change. So when we bought that business and we learned lots about it, that value really stood out. And therefore we took it and we added it to our Virgin value. So that is a value that sits as part of the global business now. And we talk about it all the time internally. And we are a business that has gone through lots of change, you know, similarly to lots of other businesses. But we are really proud of the fact that we can continue to reinvent ourselves and we will. So we wake up in the morning and we'll have an idea and we'll, you know, drive it forward and make it happen but by the afternoon or by the next day. And that is, and sometimes people are challenged by that and they'll think, oh, you know, this isn't broken or, you know, do we really need to do it? And we're like, guys, you know, this is what we're about. We, we don't, we're not just here every day to kind of tick the box and, you know, deliver what we said we we're going to do yesterday. We're about really driving innovation for our, for our team, for our suppliers, but, you know, in our industry, using our brands, like we're lucky to have a brand like Virgin. It's an amazing brand to have. Um, and at, at a master brand level, you know, really embraces change and drives innovation. So that's where that value comes from. And it's, it is now a global uh, value for us, which, again, we, we're proud of. Um, we... I think the thing that's more interesting for us is the way that we drive innovation and embrace change. At the centre of our strategy is co-creation. Um, we talk about co-creation all, all of the time internally. And that's about, you know, just because you're the most senior person in the business or you're the head of that department, doesn't like you're not going to have all the best ideas. So how do we enable an environment where our, our partners, for instance, so we have some suppliers that have been with us for 15 years and they their product is great and we sell lots of it and that you know they've got they with other third parties too but we spend time with them saying how can we do something different like what is going to be virgin about your experience how can we innovate in your area how can we make something that's slightly different how can we help your brands that actually sits behind all the third party brands that you sell for it be more prominent and how can it be about you so we've got some examples and there's some blogs on our website actually of suppliers that we've really tried to support developing their own brand bringing it out and making it kind of, uh, you know, quite prominent in their own industry. There's a couple of driving suppliers on there. Um, and and we've, we've tried to do that by saying, we can help your business grow and in turn that helps our business grow. So, you know, let's really embrace that and do something kind of different with it. And we, 
get as many people in the business, you know, involved in that in the decision making. What does it mean? What does it look like? How's it going to play out? And we communicate really transparently about what why we're doing it. Um, other examples of I think really good pivots that we made. So our business is a digital business. You don't. Um, it's not, you don't kind of just buy something physically, obviously buying something to go and do. And, but when we went into lockdown, obviously every experience shut. So there was a period of time where there was not, nothing was open. And actually we still sold a lot of experiences because people wanted something to look forward to, but we had a number of partners and we were really worried actually that some of our partners were not gonna be able to survive through COVID like we could. So we worked with a number of them across all categories to help them then build what we call at home experiences so restaurants for instance that actually had a ton of stock that they'd ordered because they didn't know until the kind of day that everything was going to be shut down and they was, it was going to be wasted they'd already spent the kind of money on it they was worried it was going to be sunk cost and we helped them develop some at home products where actually so for instance a burger box so you could order from a couple of our suppliers an at home burger box and it come with them kind of the chef's recommendation how you cook it how you make it so that we could help them continue to get um, an income during that time. We could still have our customers that could buy something that was a bit more of an experience than just a thing um, to, to, you know, to continue and to be able to do. And actually, in what we didn't do it because we was gonna make a ton of money out of it, or actually it was very profitable because it wasn't, but actually that was okay. We wanted to make sure that we could you know, help our suppliers and actually our customers still had something to to be able to, to look for. And those were ideas that come out of, you know, a brainstorming session where we just had a link live. Everyone was at home and said, if anyone's got any ideas about how we can pivot and help our suppliers jump on now, we have people from all over the business, all different roles, firing up ideas that we wrote down. And then our job was, you know, Max, our head of product, her job was to make as many as them as possible actually happen. And her team focused on that through COVID. And we've still got the, we've still got some of those products live now. And actually suppliers have developed them even you know, further than what they had at the time. And they sell them through a number of different uh, third parties now, which is fine. But it really helped them kind of get a new revenue stream. You described such an agile business. It's, it's just amazing how quickly you pivot and how quickly you respond to what's happening in the market. And... Um, it's clear you've got to have everyone on board on the team who is ready for change because if you didn't <laughs> potentially a lot of resistance um, in terms of keeping up with that and I think you know you're it's so um, forward thinking and, and I can see now why you talk so much about energy and collaboration and connection and so on because you need all of that in place to be able to achieve the example that you've just given us. Yeah absolutely and I yeah and I think like I said at the when we talked about recruitment that he isn't for everybody and mm. I I love it so I wish it was for everybody but it if you are if you can embrace change and if you are excited by that and if you want to learn more than you've learned anywhere else our business is an amazing place to work. Danny I can see why you've been shortlisted by Thames Valley Business and Community Awards for Business Leader of the Year. Congratulations you. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing you at the Temple Business and Community Awards at the end of November, where you've been shortlisted for Employer of the Year again. Um, I was nominated for Female Entrepreneur of the Year, but I've been shortlisted for the new Startup of the Year. Um, 
we might be sitting on the same table again. Um, what difference do you think these awards actually make the companies? Um, I think, so ex externally in a kind of B2B point of view, I think they definitely do make a difference. And I think it's actually really hard externally from other businesses, whether they're in your community or in your industry, to get recognition, um, particularly around cultural change or the way that we believe we inspire or develop our team. So I think in that in that point of view, I think it's, it is really useful. So we are private equity owned and Equistone is our, is our investor. Um, and again, it's a way for us to demonstrate externally to them, to other investors potentially for the future, for team members that might want to come on board for our competitors in our industry, for clients, that actually this is something that we really believe in and we are externally recognised for. So I think there are... I think not all awards are as uh, recognisable as, as each other. And I think my advice is definitely be careful which ones you pick. But um, yeah, I think also for the team. So our teams, you know, and, 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 and me myself, it's, it's a proud moment, hey, to get like, to be able to win these awards. And business internally is always really proud and really grateful for the recognition that we get. So what must-dos should leaders be taking away from listening to this conversation with you both today? What should they be going and say, right, we've got to go and take a different a different path or just reflect on what we're, what we're doing day to day? Uh, I think talk to your team, like get close to your team, talk to them like on a real human level. Um, I, I think that's one of the most important things that I've taken away from my career. And I know it's the way that I can influence our business right now is just by being a human being and talking to people and letting every, you know, helping everybody understand that, you know, everyone's different. Talk about how you feel, talk about what you want, talk about what you need and be really honest about it. Um, you know, to be able to grow and develop and drive your business forward and influence, there's nothing special about it, actually. It's just about being a, you know, being a good person and really caring. So really make sure that you take time, more time than you think you're going to need to, to talk and understand what your people really want. And, and actually listen, like if you are going into this and you think, I just need to tick some boxes or I just need to improve my score, actually you won't win. And if you do, it will be really, really hard work and you'll lose a lot of really good people on the way. Mm. I'm on peace, Lauren. Yeah, I think, yeah, agree with Danny, that's definitely the, the key thing here, just understand what truly motivates your team on a really personal level. But I think then um, building a real sense of purpose and trust in your business is important. I think purpose is a word that's thrown over, it's quite obvious at the moment, but I, when I say purpose, I mean really, truly understand what you as a business are trying to achieve and who you think you are and who you aspire to be and help your people understand how they plug into that. And be able to, as we do, you know, be really honest at interview stage and say, this is who we are and this is who we want to be. And actually, this is where people might struggle here and people, this is where people will thrive here and really help them plug into that purpose super early and identify kind of what it is for them. Um, so I think purpose is, is super key. And everything we've spoken about today fall flat if you don't have a culture of trust you know if you are not able to um have those 
conversations and allow people to open up and, and, and believe in you kind of as a leadership team and a wider business, um, you will get so much more from your people um, if they are, if they feel that they can really kind of open up to you and trust that you will support them along the way and do as you say you will do. So they're the key takeaways. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Well, I've got one final question for you, um, which it would be interesting actually to see who wants to answer. So I think I'm going to ask you both. So this is a blind question that um, Tracy Ray, who was one of my um, recent guests on this podcast, has provided. So in the last 12 months, what would you recommend to others about the way you have lived that you would pass on as knowledge to other people? Oh, Lauren, do you want to go first? <laughs> That's hard. That's a hard question. It is. In the past 12 months, what do you recommend to others about the way you have lived that you've passed on as knowledge to others? I'll, I'll go. I So maybe just over 12 much might be just over yeah over 12 months but I think the time that I spent at home during COVID made me with my daughter, two children one's 23 and one's uh, 13 and I have spent all of my well, yeah all of my kind of adult life prioritizing uh my career probably I never had lots of time to spend spend at home in the way that I did during COVID because I was around more school and you know Harry was furloughed etc and I think I learned actually the importance of you know some of the things that I may be talk about from a work point of view as in really understanding what motivates the team being close to them understanding what their drivers are that actually I spending some time like a lot of time with the kids talking about some of the detail of what they've what they've kind of what they're doing what they feel what they're thinking made me realise I haven't done that enough. So I've definitely readdressed my um, the balance of that, not necessarily in the hours that I work or spend um, at home, but in the detail of those conversations that I have, and not just with my kids, with my sisters and my mum and my grandparents, and let, you know, some of their, them, the memories they had over time. And I think that, the whole ethos of giving someone a story to tell just plays out in my personal life so so strongly through COVID that that's something that I've maybe kept hold of now and the things that I'm going to do going forward and the things I'll do this Christmas and the things that I do with my friends are definitely now more around enjoying spending time together creating memories that we might that we'll be able to talk to our kids our grandkids etc um about and you know ones that really kind of stick in your mind I think there's nothing better than there's nothing better than that actually and COVID did make me along with a lot of other people that I know really kind of appreciate that. Thank you Danny. Um, so I think I mean I guess the biggest thing that's happened to me in the last 12 months is well a bit over actually is becoming a mother and I think that taught me some really really valuable lessons and I think probably what I'm about to say might have been true with a lot of parents particularly mothers um I think I speak a lot about truly understanding your people what motivates them who they are and I think and I guess this is kind of similar to to Danny's point but 
there will be certain instances in your life that will really shine a light on who you are. And I think motherhood has definitely been one of those. I went into it thinking I would be a certain kind of mother, respond in a certain way, and that has certainly not been the case. These little people quickly teach you. Um, but actually, that I was quite shell-shocked by that, and it was a powerful lesson for me that actually be authentic with what you're saying because I don't feel like you you know I truly took time to understand who I was genuinely was and it took for a big life event for me to actually realize and get comfortable with that um so I think the lesson there is um authenticity is key think about the messages that you're delivering and and yes it's and you know, it's noble to want to improve other people's lives and day to day, but actually, are you giving yourself the same time, the same space, the same understanding, and just be super comfortable with who you are and what you bring, um, and it may not be what you thought it was, but that doesn't make it any less valuable. Brilliant answers. Love it. And actually, that was worth kind of being stumped for a moment as you as you were thinking about that. <laughs> Lauren and Danny, thank you so very much for your time today, because I know you're incredibly busy. Um, it's so worth just unpicking what, you know, going back to unpicking language and what we think things are really about when we hear a word, actually hearing about version experience days or version incentives it's that sense of well, I think I know what it's about and then you can suddenly dig deep and there's a whole raft of um really amazing things that you do and I love your plan Danny to be able to extend that and share some of your knowledge um with your clients to to help share some of your success and and help other companies build on that as well so um I'm really really grateful um I hope to to see you at um, some different events in the future and keep going with all your awards and your amazing uh, innovation and, and achievements in, in the space that you're in. So very much, uh, very much grateful, very grateful to both of you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Uh, it's been great to chat. Definitely, uh, there's some takeaways and food for thought, definitely, that you've stimulated me today. So thank you for that. And good luck to you on the 30th also. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. It's been a yeah, great conversation. Thank you for joining me today on the Beyond the Water Cooler podcast. I hope it's got you thinking about how you can make a real difference to company culture that enables people to engage and thrive. I'm always about providing real value, and so I need your help. Please rate the podcast and review it to let me know what you have enjoyed and found helpful. Maybe you also have ideas about specific topics or guests who you would like to hear from in the future. If you would like to explore any of the points covered in these episodes, I would love to hear from you. Let's continue the conversation. Email me at it's time for change or connect with me on LinkedIn or why not pick up the phone? I love to walk and talk. My details are in the show notes please do let me know what inspires you. That way I can make sure what I'm talking about is most helpful. Until next time, bye for now.